Coming up, Universal Orlando tested their Halloween seasonal experience this past weekend, so let's discuss whether or not it was a success on this episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 273 of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. The Dis Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and today I am talking about something that I am very excited about, and that is Halloween at Universal Orlando Resort. Yes, it's true that Halloween Horror Nights was canceled for 2020, and most of us weren't expecting any type of Halloween celebration at Universal Orlando because of this. But we got lucky when Universal decided to do its Halloween seasonal experience testing. So what was Universal's Halloween seasonal experience testing? In a nutshell, they opened up two of the haunted houses that you would have seen at Halloween Horror Nights 30. They added a special scavenger hunt to Universal Studios Florida. They did trick-or-treating for kids ages 12 and under over at Islands of Adventure. And then also back in Universal Studios Florida, they added two food trucks with specialty-themed foods uh, based around Halloween, including Twisted Taters and uh, a special twist on Twisted Taters. And then also they finally utilized Cafe La Bamba for something, anything. Doesn't matter what they used it for. Uh, The fact is that they used it, and in this case, they used it for uh, what they deemed a skeleton bar with some specialty uh, beverages inside that you would have expected to see at Halloween Horror Nights, as well as some some food options as well, too. And I just joke about Cafe La Bamba. I know it's used for VIP tours and stuff, but uh, it's just it's one of those sad places at Universal Studios Florida that you always wish would just be utilized for something a little bit extra. And in this case, we finally received something special inside of there, and it's uh, it's pretty neat. The seasonal test technically began on September 18th when the houses were open to team members as well as annual pass holders who are, have the premier annual pass that were able to sign up and register for the event, which a lot were not able to do so. It was it was a very messed up procedure. I got through without any problems, but plenty of others, including Rhino, were reporting that they just could not get the system to work. I waited about like 90 minutes after it went live and tried to help Rhino out, and I was able to get him a time with no issue at all. So I'm not sure what the what the problem was going on. Probably just too many people trying to access it all at once. But uh, it was a it was a bit of a nightmare for people when that registration went open on Wednesday, September 16th. But then uh, get there on 
on Friday, September 18th, and everything was just handled swimmingly. Uh, no, no groups were rushing the houses really all at once. So at least, at least in our time slot that we had, the one o'clock time slot, which was right at the beginning, we were able to go to the Bride of Frankenstein lives right away and I think we maybe waited. We got in line about five or 10 minutes before it opened uh, officially at one o'clock. And we maybe waited about three minutes in line once the house actually opened up. And as far as Revenge of the Tooth Fairy went, uh, we got in line about, uh, I want to say maybe around like one fifteen, one twenty, And we waited about 10 to 15 minutes in line uh, for for that house so you know whatever amount of of passes they gave out for the premier pass holders it wasn't overwhelming so it was able it was able to make the uh, testing phase on that friday a lot more enjoyable and and stress free and that was that was very nice but beyond the the houses that were available that day that was also the launch of the scarecrow stock which was the 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 scavenger hunt that's taking place all around universal studios florida and that will officially run all the way through november 1st they are keeping that around regardless of what they do with halloween at universal that will still be a, an offer that you can do and basically you go to 13 different locations around the park uh stores and you have to get the your your free little booklet stamped that you went and and made it to the stores and then after you get all 13 stamps then you are able to go and redeem your your map for a a free treat so it's basically a treat bag filled with candies so uh, a nice way for adults to to trick-or-treat in a way when they're visiting universal studios florida so that was cool and then again the skeleton bar inside cafe la bamba debuted that day to all guests and had the specialty foods inside as well as the the mixed drinks which were very very interesting since i just brought it up again i might as well jump into it just real quick right away we were able to try two of the the mixed drinks that they had at the skeleton bar the first one was a circus peanut drink and that included screwball peanut butter whiskey Bulls creme de banana, Campari, and orange juice. And Rhino tried that one. I tried the mango inferno, and that was Blanco tequila, mango juice, yellow curry powder, lime juice, agave nectar, and salt. And uh, both of these drinks were served in a 14-ounce cup. It cost $12.50. There was also one more drink that was available inside called the Loop Guru, which I guess that is a uh, it's a slang term for werewolf from what I could find on a, a Google search there. And this is uh, it's Pusser's British Navy Rum, Cruzan Dark Rum, Pineapple Juice, Honey, Chamomile Tea, Lemon Juice and Pimento Bitter. So also sounds interesting. The Mango Inferno drink that I got was incredible. It was basically a mango margarita. Then with that curry powder kick, it just added a little extra spiciness. It almost tasted like like a mango smoothie with a little bit of tahini in it, except it wasn't a smoothie at all, too. So that just adds another interesting layer to it. But I really enjoyed it. I would get it again. Rhino 
decided on the circus peanut because he loves anything with peanut butter. However, he was also disgusted by the idea that the circus peanut drink included peanut butter, but then mixed with Campari and an orange juice. And so he had to try it because it just sounded weird on paper and uh, he hated it. He really hated it. And uh, to top it off was a circus peanut, the the candy, and he also hates those. So he just did not recommend that drink at all. So if you are going to Universal Studios Florida and thinking about it, maybe uh, think think otherwise when it comes to those drinks. I also mentioned that there was food trucks added to Universal Studios Florida as part of the seasonal testing and. These were uh, definitely a, a nice nice surprise to see pop up. So Twisted Taters are synonymous with Universal specialty events, whether it's Universal Mardi Gras or Halloween Horror Nights. And so it was really nice to see Twisted Taters pop up during this weekend for the testing. And, you know, Twisted Taters, they are always the same. I think that's part of what makes them such a classic staple of these events. But they did find a way to take it to the next level. Uh, You could actually add chili on top of your Twisted Tater if you wanted to. And then they also had a Twisted Tater with a hot dog inside of the Twisted Potato. And then there was also an option where you could add chili onto that as well, too. I unfortunately ran out of room in my stomach to try one of these, so I I will get one one day. I, I swear by it. I am very excited for it. But we did try one food truck item that that definitely caught both of our eyes. It's basically a a funnel cake with a piece of fried chicken on top, which they they dubbed as Franken fried chicken and funnel brains. And it just it looked really cute based on on the picture of it. So it was a funnel cake with that fried chicken on top and then a little bit of a little bit of powdered sugar and a little bit of like a strawberry syrup it looked on top to give that that brain, blood and guts feeling to it. So uh, it just it, it looked cool, and you know who doesn't love chicken and and waffles that flavor combination. So basically the same thing with chicken and and funnel cake, and it was a little bit disappointing to be honest. It was it was a small plate for seven ninety nine, uh, something you definitely want to eat by yourself. Which you know we're in the middle of a pandemic; people shouldn't just be sharing food like they they might have before. Uh, we did decide to share our food with this one. We split it right down the middle. I let Rhino cut it because he is ultra uh, sanitized and always looking to make things as sanitary as possible. And I trusted him, so we were able to do that and then get an extra plate so we could both try a little bit of it. But uh, it, well, it's well. I feel like it might hit the spot from time to time. It just it wasn't like blow you away amazing. So I'd I'd maybe think twice about it. You you'd have to really love chicken and waffles and that that flavor combination to to be able to go for it. But they also had at the the fried chicken and funnel cake food truck they also had electrified skin and guts which was pork rinds with uh with like a chili topping on top of it as well too and i hate pork rinds so i completely avoided this dish at all costs Uh, it looked interesting but i just don't like pork rinds at all so i figured i'm not gonna set myself up for failure and and just hate it because i'm going outside of my wheelhouse so i i I think I've made the right decision ultimately in that. 
It feels weird that I didn't talk about the houses before the food, but, you know, that's just the way that my brain works, especially when I'm doing these solo endeavors. So, yeah, I'm just going to have to go with that. We'll say uh, in this way that I was saving the best for last, which is basically true. So the the haunted houses were arguably the, the greatest thing about this event. So rumors just were flying around for weeks that Universal was going to do some sort of daytime testing for the houses or or not even test it, just, just go full force into it thinking that it would be a success. And, you know, the rumors evidently were true because they did do this test. And as of the time of recording this, they haven't officially announced if it will be back uh, for the last weekend of September and then daily in October, like a lot of the rumors are suggesting. We don't know that at this current time, but based on how the weekend went, the fact that Universal Studios Florida filled to capacity on Saturday, on top of that, also Islands of Adventure and Volcano Bay filled to capacity on on Saturday and it was just it was a very popular event the houses with the virtual line system uh, filled to capacity very quickly spots continued opening up throughout the weekend so people were able to to continue to get spots throughout the days they were able to go multiple times through each house so I, I feel like overall it was a success we will most likely not see the end of these daytime houses at Universal through through the rest of the season, but it's just about how they're going to do it. Are they going to expand on the houses? Are they going to make it an upcharge event? Don't know any of those details yet. It's just all speculation at this point. And I want to make sure that I do mention that on Saturday and Sunday, September 19th and 20th, the event was open to anyone with park admission at Universal Studios Florida. That's all you needed to be able to experience the haunted houses and everything else. Just the team member preview and annual pass holder preview was on that Friday for the start of it. But then once it got into the weekend, everyone was able to take part in the event. I, I will say, in my opinion, uh, as I'm about to jump into this, that I would actually be very okay with this becoming a a daily a daily thing. It it definitely didn't have the same energy. I, I didn't want to say magic, but it didn't have that same spark that Halloween Horror Nights has, especially uh, by losing out on the nighttime element of the event. So it, Halloween Horror Nights is always great right when right when the event kicks off every single day and it's still light outside and it's starting to transition into to nighttime, uh, but it really has a different energy once it gets really dark in the park and you have the scare zones all around the park. It, it just takes on a different a different life. But with the houses, you know, those are just inside sound stages or tents or whatever buildings they decide to use so it's it's a different different game entirely and and ultimately i think that the houses were able to to work well with with what they they had to do to make them safe so uh, again the two houses that were part of this event i don't even know if i mentioned them at the the start of this so maybe i'm saying this for the first time but the two houses that took place in this test that would ultimately you know reopen if they decide to continue going forward with this and I think we'll start by talking about Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. The story of this house is straightforward, but it was actually a little bit difficult 
to understand the story just based on one walkthrough of the house. The story starts with Frankenstein's castle crumbling down, and this takes out the monster, and the bride of Frankenstein is is mourning the loss of the monster and wants to bring him back to life, vows to bring him back to life, and the way she decides that she is going to bring him back to life is by harvesting the blood of the brides of Dracula. So, essentially, this house isn't necessarily... It's not necessarily the Bride of Frankenstein house or a Frankenstein house. It's almost like it's the Bride of Frankenstein versus the Brides of Dracula. So a lot of times throughout this house, you're you're seeing imagery of, of the competition between the two. And that's as far as I'm going to get into spoilers, because I know a lot of people probably want to, to get to Universal if they continue opening up these houses and seeing it. So I, I just, I don't want to, to ruin too much of it, but I thought it was an inter- interesting take and it was an interesting story. It might not have been executed perfectly. In my opinion, there was, there was a lot of beautiful imagery and as a classic monster fan, I just, I love the entire aesthetic of it. There was just an energy missing in that house that I think the Universal Classic Monsters house just got so right last year for Halloween Horror Nights 29. And there are a lot of Easter eggs that point to other Universal monsters in this house. So it's not like it's just Bride of Frankenstein and, and Dracula's Brides and, and Frankenstein himself. There's, there, there is more to it, but it just, it, felt like there was a little spark missing for me and maybe that's just because of how much i loved last year's house but i i think if assuming that this continues uh coming back through the rest of the halloween season i think this one will definitely grow on me and eventually will outrank revenge of tooth fairy when halloween is officially over and speaking of Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, this was a very, very surprising house to me. I was not at all excited about it. I did not care for the concept on paper. And it didn't help that when I attended Not Scary Farm a few years back, there was a, a Tooth Fairy house there. So I already had expectations for what a Tooth Fairy style house could be. And that really, that really hurt my preconceived notions going into this house, which I guess that's why you shouldn't have any preconceived notions at all. But I still did. And that didn't matter at all because I walked away just flabbergasted. The story of Revenge of the Tooth Fairy is basically about a young boy, James, who is losing his tooth and decides that he doesn't want to give up his tooth to the Tooth Fairy. And despite being warned that bad things will happen to him and his family if he doesn't give it up, he decides not to. And thus, we're we're thrust into the tale of what happens in Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. And I'm again, I'm not going to go into spoilers as you're walking through the house of of what you see and such, just in case people get out and they get a chance to try to go through this house. But the one thing I can't help but talk about is the actual uh, facade or entrance of the house. I, I don't really know how 
to describe it. I know a lot of people just say facade, but I think a facade in terms of being the outdoor portion of the house before you walk through. And since Revenge of the Tooth Fairy is inside a soundstage, it technically isn't. But the first visuals you see of of the house after going down a, a long hallway where you hear the story of the house, the first thing you see is this giant storybook diorama that is in three dimensions that tells you that you are going into the story. But even though it's in three dimensions, it still has that flatness to it because it is an animated story. And then you are thrust into the world from there. And it just, it is beautiful throughout. Uh, Another example of why a lot of the universal original concept houses end up being even better than the ones that pull from intellectual properties because the people building these houses have free reign of where their creativity is going to drive and and they are able to to come up with such interesting concepts and really really unique design choices because they're not limited to to the intellectual property itself and this was just the perfect example of when when they nail a concept and uh, i i know rhino's not here to speak on behalf of his thoughts on the houses and such but uh, i can confirm that he felt the exact same way about these two houses that i felt and it's a good time actually now to plug we did a video about this on youtube.com slash disunplugged our first thoughts right after we were done with the houses, the food that we had, the drinks that we had. We, If you want to watch the video version of this, you can go over to our YouTube channel and check it out right now. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a couple seconds as I wrap up my thoughts with this. But yeah, you can, you can see what we thought about the houses in that video and all of our thoughts on it. But I think we both agreed that the houses were both houses were still really good. And if everything was normal, we felt that we would be ranking both of these houses extremely high and that Revenge of the Tooth Fairy in particular would have been one of the the favorites of the year. Of course, the houses were modified to be safe because of the pandemic and COVID. And I was really expecting this to have a negative impact on the houses themselves. And once again, I can report that I was completely surprised on how little it actually did impact the experience. So uh, in terms of the experience, let's start with the fact that they decided to use the virtual line for these tests. So of course, you have the Universal Orlando official app, and you're able to reserve virtual line reservations through the app. And they went very quickly each morning, as I already said, once in this episode, but then they continued to release randomly throughout the day. So it's not like you were completely locked out. Again, a lot of people were able to even get multiple virtual lines throughout the day. So it was it was a system that ultimately ended up working out pretty well for the most part. And once you get into the you have your virtual line reservation time and you get into the actual line, of course, these lines were overextended even more than they needed to necessarily be so. So that way they could actually have proper physical distancing in the line, making sure that you have that six feet of spacing or more. So just exactly like you would expect to see at any of the attractions throughout the parks at Universal. And then 
in terms of how the groups move through the house. Uh, for the most part, you were trying to keep your six feet of distance as well, too. So uh, in the the Bride of Frankenstein house, it seemed like there was a little bit more congestion towards the front half of the house. And team members were placed inside the house at various points that would actually stop you and wait until there was more distance for you to move forward. And then they would let you go at other points where it was a little bit more bare in between sections. It was more on you to just look ahead of yourself to make sure that, that you were leaving space between you and the person and group in front of you. And, you know, I, I feel like that could be a bad method for the people who go into a house terrified and then expect to run all the way through gripping onto the person in front of them. But for someone like me who actually always like the little extra breathing room and not being suffocated from the person in front of them. So that way you have a little bit, a little bit more of a, a different perspective going through. You have more time to really take in the details. And, you know, a lot of times you, you get that extra scare because you're not on top of the person right in front of you. I, I just thought that this method worked pretty flawlessly. Again, there was some congestion, some points where you're standing in place longer than, than you would typically ever do so because the, the groups needed to continue moving in front. But it, it, in the middle of a pandemic, it just was not, it wasn't a bad thing at all. It had no impact on my enjoyment of the entire experience. And the other big part of it is that the scare actors inside who were scaring you would be behind plexiglass and having that barrier. And then also some of the characters, of course, wearing face masks and face coverings as such, too. And that, uh, again, had no real major impact. So I can't, I can't say that it really made me feel one way or another about those houses. I think the important thing to take away from it is it, it really showcases that Universal's Halloween Horror Nights really relies on lighting and sound to make an impact on the scares more than other haunted houses where uh, performers might follow you through the house. They might get really, really up in your face you know, sometimes even the houses, they'll be able to touch you and stuff. Uh, this is not Halloween Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights is about scenic design and definitely finding the right balance of audio, uh, music, and, and, and also lighting to really, really take the scares to the next level. And then, you know, occasionally you'll get a scare actor who's really good at getting like right up in your face without touching you or getting their hand out in front of you really quickly to give you that extra scare. But with the plexiglass barriers, they obviously can't do that. So it does showcase how much they use lighting and music to really elevate their scares. And you know what? It it works. It's it's very easy to get taken by surprise when when you're walking through a house and even though it's all loud and you hear you hear things going off all around you and you see lights flashing up in front of you, but you just don't know if that's part of a scare or something else. Uh, it's still easy to get really distracted by it. So I know some people need, they need that extra closeness from the performer as well to really get scared and really get caught by surprise more than just the, the audio and, and lighting. But I think for, I think for a lot of people, the house's, 
utilizing the scaring that they're doing will be plenty of enough to to really set people uh in that in that scared mode as they're making their way through so no complaints in in that regard to the houses so my my biggest complaint of anything was the story being kind of muddled for the bride of frankenstein lives uh, other than that in terms of how they executed the scares how you made your way through the house how you you had to distance in there i can't i can't fault universal at all for anything and again we'll have to wait to see if this test continues if it continues through the entire halloween season just another week and then they cancel it who knows what's going to happen with it but i will be on board with whatever they decide And that brings us to the end of the show where I want to talk about the state of the show because uh, it's been a little bit all over the place lately, as I'm sure you've noticed. There's been a couple weeks missed here and there, and there's also been videos at some point or audio-only episodes with no video going up, and I know it's just confusing. So I want to try to break down what's What's the future? What's what's the future of this show and what it's going to look like? And this is fluctuating, so please take this all with a grain of salt. We could change our minds on the strategy and and completely revamp it, but uh, we're, we're going to try some different things with the Universal Edition, mostly because right now, while there's not a ton of Universal news, it's hard to sustain a weekly show where it doesn't start to feel stale and old and and just really repetitive and not fresh and not helping everyone out there actually plan good vacations to Universal. So I want to make sure that the podcast isn't just entertaining, that it's actually helpful. So that's why we're going to try out some of these new things. And I know I've already kind of hinted at it before in another episode, but I think we have the plan. And that is that we are going to try to make video and audio two completely unique uh, individualized things of sort in terms of the universal show. So with the, the audio portion here, uh, it's, it's going to be a variety of, of different episodes that you might hear that are actually, you know, they're, it's fine that they're just audio based, not a lot of visuals needed to, to continue and sustain it. So if it's something that is more, uh, travel oriented that you might see uh, our good friend in dreams unlimited travel agent elaine edwards pop up on so that way she can give her perspective as a travel agent help you find the best deals and discounts when you're traveling to universal you know if it's just geeking out about the parks it'll probably be myself and rhino if he's busy like in this this situation today it might just be me doing it doing it for you alone so uh, that's that could change weekly to weekly to monthly who knows i it's going to be a it's going to be a learning a work in progress uh, there's going to be a learning curve with it and then on the video side if it's a, a topic that we feel like we need to do a classic show with it, then we obviously will, and the audio would reflect that as well, too. But uh, otherwise, we think we're just going to try to bring more in-park updates, stuff that you need to see visually that necessarily you might not get enough 
of out of an audio version because we're maybe going to look at something like the Jurassic Park roller coaster construction. That doesn't really doesn't really help you to me trying to sit here and talk about every single detail that's going through it when you could just look at it and see it and understand it completely. So I I think we're going to try different things like that. So we're going to try to sustain at least one video each week that is definitely focused on universal and brings universal into your your homes and your TVs and your your phones or tablets whatever you use to watch YouTube on we're going to try to do at least one universal video a week whether it's a show or an in park thing and then in terms of the audio you're either going to get the whatever show we did transcribed into the audio version like we've been doing since the very beginning or if we do that heavy visual youtube video that there's no audio to really transcribe over it then we'll come up with something different for audio that's a little bit more unique so i hey there might even be some weeks where you get you get a little bit of cool audio and a, a different video to go along with it too so you actually get you get a, you get double the content for the price of one so we'll just have to see if it works. And please let me know uh, with any feedback that you might have on it. You can always reach me, Craig at DisneyInfo.com. Send me emails about what you think about it. Of course, social media, you can always reach out to me at Teleclaster and let me know. And also very important, too, for the people listening to this audio version, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps out tremendously with other people finding this show. And and I know a lot of people don't do it, and we ask you to every week, but please rate and review the show. It is very, very important to us. And I go through and I, I read them about once a month. I read all the new reviews and such. So if you leave a review that says, hey, I hate this new topic, or, or I hate, sorry, not topic, I hate this new, new style of show. I wish it would go back to the old style, uh, whatever your feedback might be on it i'll actually read it and take it into consideration and you know what if if we're getting a bunch of one star reviews then i'm gonna look at it and say okay i need to switch this back to the old format or change up the format and and figure it out and get it back on onto a good path so we can get those five star reviews from you because the more five star reviews we have the more people are going to find this podcast in the long run and hey if more people find it, then maybe more people will book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel to Universal, and we can t- continue this show going forever and ever. So thank you for uh, obliging me with that and and letting me kind of vent about what is happening with the show right now and why it's been a bit spotty all over the place. But I hope ultimately that everyone is pleased with with the future of this show. But for now, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Uh, before I go, just want to mention once more that, of course, this show is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. So if you want to book a vacation to Universal Orlando, please head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today and get a free no-obligation quote and, and really have a great vacation after you finally travel to Universal Orlando. And if you need any more information on the Disunplugged Universal Edition or any of the other podcasts on the Disunplugged Podcast Network, please head over to disunplugged.com. You'll find our show notes for this show and all the others on the podcast network, along with links to our social media channels and more. 
you're not watching this on YouTube because there's not a YouTube video going along with this episode. So I don't have to tell you to subscribe, leave us comments, and hit the thumbs up. However, I'm going to still say it anyways. If you uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Diz Unplugged on YouTube yet or the Diz on YouTube, head over to youtube.com slash Diz Unplugged and youtube.com slash WDW Info. Subscribe to our channels. Leave us awesome comments on the videos. Hit the thumbs up when you're enjoying the videos. And yeah, just engage with us there as well, too. But for everyone who is listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, I think we're on Amazon Podcasts as well now, too. I don't remember if that went through correctly, but I think it did. However you're listening to us, please, if you're able to subscribe and, again, leave us ratings and reviews, that is awesome. Uh, And if you're not able to, that's fine, too. But if you can, that would be a massive help to us. So thank you in advance. And that's going to do it for this episode once and for all. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you soon for another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. (laughs) 